We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 53 of the SWW show. Just give me one sec here, a little ASMR. Ooh. Oh, that was yes. a good crack. Oh, yeah. what do we got? What do we got here today? I don't see him, so I don't know what he has. Oh, it's just a cranberry long drink. Oof, it's a long night, folks, with the long drink. Also, I'm a pitcher of PBR in already, so. A pitcher? Yeah. Let's just say I got a... So I had, coming off of a work event, I bought a pitcher of PBR for the table. Uh, One other person had one glass, and then I had the rest of it. (laughs) And the glasses weren't pine glasses. They were maybe 10-ounce glasses. So, so... First off, it's PBR. You should be fine. I just want to point this out. Yeah. It's not like the, it's real beer here. But wh- why? What's the picture? Why? Why are we going to that extreme here? I thought other people were going to drink. <laughs> I bought drinks for the table and ended up being drink for me and one other person. <laughs> How many people at this table? Like, what are we talking here? Um. Well, they could legally drink one. That two. explains... Okay, okay. Let's see, there were... It was myself. There's four on my side. So there were five of us that could have been drinking. Mm-hmm. And only two of you chose to partake. Well, no. One person had one glass. And then I had the rest of it. And I don't let beer go to waste. I think that's true, that's true. You know this yeah. from me. I do not let beer go to waste. <laughs> that, 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 I do understand that is 100% true. Do not let beer, whatever drink I put in front of you, do not let go to waste. Nope. It's an admiral trait. We do appreciate it, and we know there will never be waste. I'm doing my part to save the environment, people. Can, can you explain that one to me? How does this quote-unquote... Waste. I'm eliminating waste from the environment. My God, I don't. I don't think that's how this works. No, it's exactly how it works. According to, according to all the Greenpeace people, you need to eliminate your waste. Is this like those carbon offsets I always hear about? Yeah, I'm carbon <laughs> offsetting my life by finishing that pitcher of beer. Oh, 
That's like, I, I just want to point out, because I was, I was scrolling on the Instagram reels, right? Yeah. And I saw the clip, I know I've seen this one before, so obviously we all know who Pierce Morgan is. Yeah. And we all know he's a can be a jackass, but I want to, what was the funniest clip I've ever seen? It was, he had like a vegan on his show, and she was trying to explain why animal eating is bad. And he was, and he basically go to lunch and be like, do you eat avocados? And eventually got to say yes. And he explained how most of the avocados in the world are made in California, and they literally have to import billions of bees every year just and the bees all die basically from it and he's like is that not the same thing as killing animals and she just walked off the stage that's all this reminds me of <laughs> i i will say this right like for those that think they're being healthy by drinking almond milk those are the people ruining the environment mm-hmm. it takes something like 12 gallons of water to make one gallon of almond milk <laughs> It's ridiculous. <sighs> and where do they grow all those almonds? You guessed it. California. Amen. So. Oh, that being said, they have the highest snowpack in the world right now. So I did see that. There'll still Was be it- a drought. But I did see, like, top... I don't know. Southern California got pounded with rain, too. They'll still be in a drought. doesn't matter. <laughs> also, I'm still, like... So, we don't know. So, what's coming to work for, like, it's based out of California. And, like, sure, like, I knew people from California. It's like, AJ probably knows people. We've, been, we've both been to California. Um, I am convinced, and I want people in California to correct me, is that if you live in California, you somehow live in, like, a third-world country. Because, like, they tell me stuff, like... Yeah, we're getting a bunch of rain, and, like, roofs are caving in, and I'm like, I'm in the Midwest. Our roofs are made to goddamn handle, like, <laughs> any weather condition. Well, my boss is like, yeah, if it just gets below 70, the, like, the electricity in the house just stops working. And I'm like, are these homes, like, not built to handle anything? Yeah, what you don't know is California house code is great for earthquakes, terrible for everything else. <laughs> Apparently. Because, like... We both know this. Midwestern homes can both ha- can handle 100 degrees, they can handle zero, they can handle a goddamn tornado, and they can handle the heaviest blizzard in history, and they'll still be standing. Dude, a 150-year-old house in Michigan can handle 120 degrees Fahrenheit. It can handle negative 100 Fahrenheit. The concrete might crack a little bit. Hey, you have to do, like, maintenance. I'm not saying yeah. that, like, these things will you'll get ask. You'll get 80-mile-an-hour winds whipping off the lake. You'll get a tree, like, bouncing off of a home. Oh, and yeah, just, like, and then, and then the trees <laughs> just go, eh, you know what, not today. Right. And the home, you're just like, I had to place a wall. Like, that's it. <laughs> and, like, that people are still living there. Yeah. Let it be known, Midwest Housing Code should be the housing code for the rest of the United States. I'm convinced that's the actual true statement. Because also, I've seen what houses cost in the rest of the United States, and the answer is Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> what I've learned is, and I think you appreciate this one, is your best bet to get affordable housing is to live in a state that was once at its prime and has been trying not to die. Because housing is way cheaper. Yeah, just move to Indiana, everyone. <laughs> when in doubt. Indiana, Ohio, Ohio, Wisconsin. These are your states that I'm just telling you, 
especially if you could like work for a company that pays you like you don't live there, you'll live like a king. Oh yeah. Just don't move to Illinois or uh, Michigan. <laughs> or those, you should know where these states, states are, where you're. Those states moving. are too expensive. <laughs> so it's just not even worth it. I'm just saying, I got a good deal on my home for what I paid. I don't think I can complain. Well, we don't talk about the body that's buried in the backyard. No. <laughs> that was part of our agreement that we don't talk about how you acquired that house first off we don't discuss Jimmy it's fine we'll move on perfect okay so let's see so what have we been playing here in the last month it says here you've been playing the transphobic game again I thought we talked about this no it's just the creator of the source material that's transphobic (laughs) but the internet told me this game goes out of its way to tell you that it has a trans character. <laughs> there are so many times that you have to go into that goddamn pub. And then, it, I mean, obviously it's just background vocals, whatever, it doesn't matter. But they put so much shit in and around that place that it's like, hey, remember that we have this character. Like, did you forget we have this character? Meanwhile, I'm just mashing buttons to skip through cutscenes. So do you have anything new and exciting to talk about in this? Or is it kind of like same old, still kind of Harry Potter pan, you recommend it? I mean, I'm just... I want to see the end of this. So okay. I'm kind of at that point. But Okay. Yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed. Sounds good. Uh, next here, it says you've been playing a Stormworks, and I'm actually, I can't say I'm familiar with this game. This game is one of those, like, it's kind of Minecraft, kind of, uh, um, Teardown-esque, mm-hmm. where it's voxel, and you have to build stuff, you have to build vehicles and go rescue people, and there's, like, trains and vehicles, like, Cars and trucks and boats. They just released an update where they've got an oil rig now, an oil derrick. Oh, wow. So I reinstalled it and played it the other night. So I will say, though, as this episode goes up, I didn't put it in here because it's not out as we're recording this, but as this episode goes up, I will have played the EA Sports PGA Tour. Ooh. When does that, when does that, is that Friday comes out or? Yeah. Are you excited? Do you play PJ every year, or is it kind of like you dip in every few? Well, so this is the first EA one in a long time. Because they were 2K? Who was yeah. it? Yeah. And as far as I know, that 2K stuff is still going on. So there's going to be two golf games, two official golf games. I'll be curious how long that lasts for. Yeah. I think most time when something like that happens, like, sure, there might be an existing overlap contract, but they tend to go away. Um, I will be curious, because... This game has the Masters. Mm-hmm. The A1 has the Masters. And I am really looking forward to playing Augusta on max settings. Because uh, that course is beautiful. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's it's one of those games where... 
I'm glad it's coming to PC because I can exploit power. Um, but also, you know, it's it's a golf game, right? So how much stuff is really going to be different from, you know, the, the 2K and the golf club stuff? You know, I don't, I don't foresee right. any of that stuff really being too different. So they're different engines though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean one's two K and one's EA, so unless they were using Unreal, it would have to be two different engines. No, that's right. Oh yeah, I'm very curious kind of too, because like again, we don't get much of when you get head to heads like this. Especially to being like the same license too. Yeah, I mean the last time would have been when uh, NBA 08. was Yeah. Well, I mean, we had the NBA Live 16 or whatever that was. That was a disaster. And then that was the next year when the game got pulled off the shelf like a week before it came out? No, that was Elite. That was two years before. Which Elite boggles my mind because it had been reviewed. No, no, no. Like, there was copies of that game that exists in the wild. That game exists on... I think the only way you can play it is a torrent. Yeah, but I'm saying, but like, press had reviews. Yeah. Like, there are reviews that exist on the Internet Archives because some press, like, had it or whatever and would still kind of release it. Yeah, so. <coughs> but then, uh, I think 07 was the last time the NFL had two. And I think 08 was the last time the NHL had two. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. So I knew it's been a while. Oh. Perfect. Uh, cool. Uh, the game I've been playing here because obviously I was about to get on like the flights with Steam Deck stuff. But the big thing was, uh, we were playing Warzone, and I just want to point out, you you know my love of the turtles that I I bought my first ever skin in one of these games. I, I bought. So I bought um. Shit, what did I buy? I bought one for the first Warzone. But now I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it's going to bug me. Well, so I bought I bought the Shredder skin for the, from Ninja Turtles. Uh, the thing I want to point out, which is I think the funniest thing ever. So there's a bug currently in Warzone where currently there are 33 operators, which are just like the characters you can play as. Yeah. Including Shredder. If you did not buy Shredder, he shows up in your operator panel. If you bought him, you only have 32 and Shredder doesn't, and you have to go into a separate window to equip him. Because there's a kind of bug in the system, apparently, where it's, like, inversed (coughs) of that. If you go check out, like, their Reddit post stuff, it's the funniest thing. I want to know after you fucked it up so bad that they, they just inverted the you get him in your operator skin or not if you didn't buy him. That's interesting. But, but yeah. Also, these skins are expensive. Yeah. This is this uh, like I've always conceptually knew they were twenty bucks, but when you see it on paper and you're like, like I understand that like Activision takes cut and the license holders take cut and there's like a few different like people in those hands in the spy. It still seems a while to me how expensive these skins are for a first person game. Yeah, I I will admit I never understood why. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, 
I understand Fortnite, right? Because that's a third-person game. Yeah, third-person, I actually conceptually think they should cost more. Because you see that. Yeah. But yeah, a first-person game, what's the point in buying a skin? Right. Now, weapon skins, sure, because you're actually going to see those. But yeah, a character skin that there's no way you're going to see it unless you do, like, what is it, the executions or whatever? Wait, you see in the executions, and then you see it, like, when you, like, do the drop in the beginning of the game. Yeah. Or, like, the tail if you win. Like, that's kind of it. And, like, sure, I eventually bought one, and you can say I'm a hypocrite. But hear me out. I've played this game for thousands of hours, and it's the first 20 bucks I've spent in this game. So, like, I think from a cost thing, I'm just like, whatever. But, like, there are people who buy these things, like, every week. Also, those people eat top ramen every night, so... Fair. That's fair. Meanwhile, but, like, I'm eating steak. Ooh. We got a fancy boy over here. That's right, bitches. I eat steak. Every night he eats steak. Every night. That's right. I got an ice maker in my room. That's, that's <laughs> that, isn't, that a, background. isn't that a real thing, though? I thought you really do have an ice maker in your room. Yeah, I really do have an ice maker. <laughs> your restaurant-grade ice maker? And I really do... Well, not every night, but I am eating uh, steak at least three times this week. <laughs> we got Mr. Fancy over here. It was on sale. <laughs> He was buy one, get one 50% off, so... He's like, first off, I went to Meyer. It is the expired steak that expired, like, two days ago in the freezer section. <laughs> no, that's my pork. <laughs> I also saw a part of you don't know. So, so I grew up around Chicago. Jewel is the, is the king, right? Um, people don't know when you... Jewel, and I'm assuming most Christmas have this. Go check out that, like... BOGO meat section, that's like meat that literally expires tomorrow, because it will make you through college really cheapy, because it's always like, buy one, get one free, and you're like, I'm going to throw the shit in the freezer. Don't ever undercut the idea of just buying it really cheap and just throwing it in the freezer for a month. I'm just saying. Yeah. Freezers are wonderful. Freezers are wonderful. Speaking of chopping things up and throwing in the freezer, AJ, we have to talk about the boy here that you have seen. You have been sent to us by... I'm going to see if I remember this right. The Bobby Yaga? Yeah, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. AJ, can you tell us about Mr. Jean Rick Four, in which I have heard he is he talks for like three minutes in this movie or some shit? Yeah, there's not many lines. <laughs> but I've heard specifically Keanu Reeves got paid something like fifteen grand a line because how few lines are. There's like some bullshit fact like that. <laughs> um, without spoiling this movie. I will say John Wick 4 has the same problem that every John Wick movie has. Wherein the bad guys don't die until it makes sense in the fight scene. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how many times have you watched the, the first three John Wick movies and gone, okay, that dude just got domed. He's dead. But he's not. And then all of a sudden he's stumbling around. Mm-hmm. And Wick lays ten rounds in him because it fits the choreography, right? Of course. This movie has that out the ass. Really? There were so many times watching this film where I was like, 
Okay, that guy's dead. No, okay, he isn't. Well, now he's dead. Oh, now he's still not dead? And I was like, no wonder this movie's almost three hours long. Hey, it's the longest John Wick, isn't it? Yeah, it's like 2.45. And you could probably cut half an hour out of this film by making the cronies die when they get hit properly. But would that be as fun, though? Yeah, because then it makes John Wick seem like even more of a badass. When he has to shoot some dude ten times to kill him, it's like, okay, I can do that. You know, I can I can shoot a guy seven times in the chest and then once in the head. You know, it, it takes a lot of the... Um, fantastical elements out of the film and replaces them with, oh, well, this is what would really happen, but almost too severe and almost goes back into the fantastical of, um, you know, these guys are now like bosses in a video game. They take so many hits. Yeah, but that's John Wick's always kind of like, I'm an objective. I I think John Wick, to me, has always been video game the movie. Well, the first one, like that opening scene, that opening fight right in his house, is the best job that they ever do in these films of that guy is dead because he got shot twice in the chest. And then Wick finishes him off with a headshot just to make sure he's dead. Right? It The first film does the best job of counting the rounds. John Wick 4 does a horrendous job of it. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it takes the people that are, you know, into guns and know the the weapons that he uses, which, I mean, I know a few of them, but not all of them. And basically just lines them up and just slaps them all in the face. It's the, what's the joke where you could, like, slap how many big boys you could slap in this kind of when you slap, like, it's one of those. Yeah, and it's like, come on, the dude's shooting, you know, he should be shooting hollow point nine mil, like, that drops a human in two shots at most. You're trying to tell me this dude took six to the chest and is still walking? So I gotta ask the question then. Is John Wick 4 a good movie? Because you sound a little more, I think, negative than than I think the general consensus has seemed. I mean, it's fine when you take that part out of it, right? Like, As an action film, it's perfectly fine. As a beacon of realism like this series had been at one point it's just a slap in the face hmm. so and I mean yes okay the dude fell down what like 15 feet hit the the railing on a fire escape and then hit a trash can and survived at the end of three so it's right. kind of one of those okay yeah. Now you've reached the point of John Wick is just, just 
superhero. Which, yeah, he, yeah. Doesn't make sense, right? Like, throughout the film, you show him being human, right? He gets shot and he has to get stitched up, and then his stitches tear, and then he's bleeding, and he can't hold his balance. Wait, like, I'm thinking even, like, the first John Wick, where there's that infamous, like, they're like he's, like, kind of, the doctor heals him up, and he goes, and he gives him the pills, he goes, this is, he goes, I, this is, I suggest you don't attack, fight. This is for when you do fight, but the point is, like, it shows, like, humanity of, like, yeah. you need painkillers to handle this. Even though we already learned in the first movie you're a psychopath, you still need painkillers. Yeah. Meanwhile, by four, he's taking, like, how many times does he get shot for? thousands. Well, and then also, this isn't a spoiler because it's been in previous films. The Kevlar suits that they wear, that's like, oh, the suit's bulletproof or whatever. Mm -hmm. There are just straight up gunfights where he pulls the suit jacket over his face because it's bulletproof. (laughs) That's not how bulletproof works. And I'm like, (laughs) first off, even if the bullet didn't fully penetrate through the suit, it would hurt like a motherfucker if you got shot in the head through a bulletproof vest. Oh, yeah. Like, like sure, pending the the round and how distance, a lot of stuff, right, you could walk away from it fine, but you would fucking get hit in the noggin. I mean, let's, let's put it this way, right? By all accounts, a level 3 plus ceramic plate will shrug off a 9 mil. Mm-hmm. But people who get shot by 9 mil with a 3+, plus have intense bruising. Right, like, if you look at people's ribs after, like, those... Because, like, you... We even, like... Like, people don't know, like, one of my friends that, that you met that lived with me, yeah. like, he was a cop, right? And, like, and he, he showed me, like, the videos that they had to watch, whatever, like, yeah, yeah, you will survive through a bulletproof ass, like... And you'll walk, you'll walk away even, like... Like you'll be, but, like, the point is, yeah, those feelings get pretty fucked up when you, like, look at people afterwards. Of, like, yeah, it's bruising, you're dark. It's, like, it's literally, like, you got into a little fight against, like, an MA fighter, and you're just you. Like, that's what you're going to look like at the end. Uh, yeah, it's... This film just takes everything that this series has kind of stood for and just, yeah, slaps it in the face, right? Like, it's just... Everything about it is just a disappointment when you think of it as this is supposed to be a culmination of the previous three. Mm -hmm. If you take this film on its own, it's perfectly fine. Do you think this has something to do with, because isn't this a different team? Like, I thought the the team that did one through three are, like, working on stuff now. It is... A different team. It's a different director for sure. Um, but I don't feel like it should have changed as much as it did. Okay. Like that is always a problem of like when you get a new team. Yeah. So like the like we've seen that plenty of times. I think in sequels where it's not the same, even though it is. But, well, I mean, Creed Three is a perfect example, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I think we. I think. There's a lot we said about Creed 3 that is very much like a... It's just not the other films. It's heavily anime-inspired. Which... I'll be curious... 
there's a lot of stuff going on that, that we, will, we will probably get to next month. Kind of, I'll be curious of uh, casting decisions that were made. <laughs> but we'll get there. Um, stuff I want to shout out that I've seen this month. I thought you'd appreciate. Uh, so obviously I put on White Boy, which I'm assuming that AJ realized immediately what this is. Uh, you don't know. So there's actually a documentary before the movie White Boy Rick. And it's just called Whiteboard, and I just wanted to shout out. It's actually a pretty good documentary if you want to see more about Whiteboard Rick and probably more of the true tales of kind of what happened. Uh, I currently saw it on Netflix. You can tell, I watch a lot of weird shit when I'm sick. Um, and I just thought it was interesting to shout out. I also want to shout out another documentary I saw there. Uh, a Netflix style documentary just came out, which is Madoff, who we don't know. That's Bernie Madoff, who, who and did like the greatest Ponzi scheme in U.S. history. Uh, running like a hedge fund, and I thought it was, it was a very fun way, and I thought more digestible way kind of so it happened because a lot of those like finance stuff can get right too in the weeds for a lot of people, and I think they kind of did it really well. Here's uh, here's the thing that they never cover in the Madoff stuff whatsoever mm-hmm. that I wish they did. Bernie Madoff is the reason that Bobby Bonilla gets paid one point four million dollars by the Mets. <laughs> every year until like 2050. Yeah. Because Bernie Madoff sold the owners of the Mets. Oh, I can make that. Yeah, just defer this guy's contract for 40 years. I can make you all kinds of money. This will be like this never even happened. Uh, which is funny because everyone talks about like baseball having a problem because it doesn't have salary caps. And I think that's a good example of <laughs> the baseball problem of if we actually implemented the game the game actually having like the correct type of salary caps like every other sport in the world shit like that would have never happened oh no it'd be even worse because they so, would make, they would make 50 year contracts that you know the salary cap hit is like 2 million a year but that's like but like the point is like like you see stuff though like in, like, basketball and football, what you can't do, they can make rules of, like, the cap is for when you play versus you give a signing bonus. Like, there's certain, like, rules to kind of fix those problems. Yeah, potentially. But it makes baseball fun. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, I saw that I wanted to shout out is, have you seen this film, AJ, called The Laundromat? I don't believe so. So, it is, um... A 2019 film by Steven Soderbergh that's on oh. Netflix. Is this the it's one about... shot on iPhones? No. This is the one that, that's uh, basically about the Panama Papers, where where basically it talks about basically these people running these insurance fraud that was happening in real life, kind of, and uh, like basically how shell corps work and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's It stars Gary Oldman, Meryl Streep, Antonio Banderas, Jeffrey Wright. Ah, uh, Jeffrey. Yes, uh, it's a very interesting. Film. I'm gonna start with. I don't know if it's good. Which, I don't which... think Soderbergh's <laughs> films have been good in a very long time. <laughs> they have been interesting, right? Like, yeah, I think I think that's what I was about to say. So this film, it taught. It's all about basically a male sheep's like, and it becomes in this film a widow, and then it's about her trying to get the insurance money. Um, and like. The amount of, like, and it kind of then talks, it goes, jumps between the different eyes of the different people, right? Of, like, the insurance broker, and then this guy, and this guy. Like, kind of jumps between them. 
I think it's a cool way to tell the story. It's a cool way to kind of explain this thing of like shell corpse and stuff that like really happened. But but I think it makes the story super incoherent. And I also think if you watch the trailer, it feels like you're expecting like a satirical comedy probably more akin to the big short starring Gary Oldman and Turner Banderas, and it turns into this weird like Meryl Streep being an upset widow film. Which, which I feel like if you read the stuff and look at it, is not what was advertised at all. And and it's not even like when you do like those twists, you're like, ah, but that twist was good. I don't think this twist was good. Like, I, I feel like this film, I feel like we'd feel better about if it really was like... Like, if I just said, here's Gary Oldman and Antonio Veneras and they're ripping people off and about to have a good time, we'd both be like, I want to see that film. But... Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but, like, you can at least see a, a tether there, or I think it'd be entertaining. Yeah. Where? I think. But I, I do I understand what you're saying, though. Steven Sonberg. Like, he... <coughs> God, what is his last great film? Is it Magic? Is Magic Mike... No, Logan Lucky. Is, is Logan Lucky and Magic Mike his only two films of the last decade that we could point to that, like, are actually really good? Yeah. <laughs> I think he does a lot of films. Yeah, because he did Oceans. He did Contagion. Like, he did stuff that people we like. He did Aaron Dragovich. Like, yeah, he, like... The the one that he did, I believe Anna Kendrick was in it, where they shot it on iPhones, and it was very much a gorilla film. The idea behind it was amazing, right? It was exploiting filmmaking into its most basic form and making a feature film out of it. It wasn't very good. It was okay. It wasn't great. But, yeah, coming off of the Ocean's franchise and then you know magic mike and low and lucky within i believe they're actually five years. years yeah like they're a few years apart but yeah like those are definitely like, like i think magic mike is an amazing film but like those are films i think you could objectively point to and be like there are great things in these films yeah yeah uh also, yeah, was I, Logan Lucky the first Amazon-produced feature film? film that went to theaters? Uh, I don't think... Is Logan Lucky actually Amazon? I didn't think it was. I believe it was. Uh, no, it looks like it's a Soddenberg independent production. It's distributed by Bleacher Street. Yeah, I could have sworn that was a... Yeah, it doesn't episode. look like it was. No. I remember they did one that was like... Uh, Charlize Theron was in it, and... Um, they were like drug dealers in Mexico. Oh, God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the movie was horrendous. That might have been their first feature You're film. not thinking Atomic Blonde. No. Okay. Um, 
That might have been Amazon's first feature film that was in theater. Which, which I haven't got. I didn't put it in the story. I was brought to the film anyway. Um, which we're, I think it's interesting. We're now back to the. I was listening things back to the Xavier streamer because I don't know if you saw the news that broke today. Is it was officially officially confirmed that um, Scorsese's film for Apple is going to like a wide release, not just limited release, to get into show get into for awards next year. Makes sense. It makes sense, but I think it's very interesting how we did go from like. Like, like that film now, um, whatever it is, starring Leo DiCaprio, uh, we don't even have an Apple Plus date for it anymore. Like, they removed the Apple Plus date, and it's just going to theaters temporarily. Yeah, I think studios have realized after Top Gun that there is money still at the box office. You just have to make something that makes people want to go see it. Yeah. Which, by the way, if people don't know, Top Gun Maverick is now on Amazon Prime, so you've lost any excuse if you've not seen this film. It's been on Paramount for a while. Sure. But the point is, now between both those streaming services, that's like 80% of like household audiences that like will stream things. Yeah. I mean, it's like, 100% like, of uh, Xfinity subscribers. All right, because they all get Paramount, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, you, so anyone who has any excuse left, you have zero exclu- excuse. Go check out Top Gun Maverick if you've not seen it. <laughs> yeah, uh, jumping to the news. Uh, first thing I want to shout out, the Oscars was a few weeks ago. There was no punching happening this year. Uh, the big thing I do want to shout out, obviously there are some great awards. Everything, everywhere, all at once is now by... Any metric, like people just do online, looked at the metrics. It is now, it's actually not the most awarded film for Oscars, but is the now the most awarded film in the history of cinema, even which I think is wild. Also, they cleaned up at the Oscars. I think it was they won eight Oscars of like the 13 they were nominated for. Yeah. Including Best Picture, including. Best leading actors, best supporting actor, like like it was a goddamn cleanup. Yeah, I will say the only thing really from the Oscars that is worthwhile talking about is um, was it Angela Bassett? Yes, that, yes. That didn't acknowledge Jamie Lee Curtis winning. Uh, best Supporting Actress. Yeah, Angela Bassett seemed, like, actively pissed off she'd win. And it's like, you haven't won jack shit this year. And, like, keep me up. No one's questioning Angela Bassett as an actress. But, like, also, you were Supporting Actress in Black Panther. I don't know, like, I, 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 did, I didn't think she would have won. Like, to me, it was Jamie Lee Curtis was going to win that award. Yeah. I hate to say like, it, Angela Bassett. That movie wasn't great. <laughs> And, like, you were good at that movie. I'm not saying she's bad, but, like, yeah. Especially, though, like, when you people were expecting everything to clean up, and, and Amy Lee Curtis is one of those people people pointed to in that film. Like, did, was that was yeah. that one a shock to anyone? Apparently Angela Bassett. I feel like that's the only person that was shocked, though, right? It had to have been. There's no way... Anyone that was paying attention to awards this year was right, the only other 
the only other option was, so I pulled up the, so here are the nominees, okay? It was Hong, and I apologize if I butcher your name, I'm not trying to. Hong Chu for The Whale, which, which to me, when I hear The Whale, I obviously think of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I feel like there was only one role that was going to win in The Whale. Right, and it was Brendan Fraser. Yeah. You have Carrie Condom for The, ban- for the Banshees of Inchin, which... Inchin. I haven't heard, like, people love that movie, but I didn't hear it kind of in the context of, like, people thought it was going to do Super Hot. And I think I the think, only person... I think oh, the only award that people were expecting Banshees to really compete with was Best Picture. Yeah, and that's probably why I was thinking, too. And then, and the other one was the lead female in everything of of the daughter in Stephanie Pursue? And I could have seen her actually be Jamie Lee Curtis just because people pointed to her performance. But hear me out, though. Two of the five people are the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's not that common. It happens. <laughs> it happened a couple of years ago, and I forget what movie it was. But, but the point is, it's a couple of years ago. Like, it's not like every year that happens, right? When you see five people. And I, I would assume that the rule of thumb is, if I see five people and two of them are the same film, one of them is probably winning. Um, I will say this. From someone that used to know a voter, and at one point in time voted in an Oscars. If you see multiple roles from a film, there's less of a chance that one of those roles is going to win. Because there are a lot of voters that will choose one or the other. And, that, right. and that's valid. But I feel like this was the year, though, where that was the film everyone thought was going to... Like, like going into the Oscars and seeing all the awards beforehand, like, this was oh, one yeah. of the years where we had a film. Like, yeah. there are some years where there was a few films and that's when that split happens. This was the year we had a film, and then we had a few secondary films in the background. Like, The Whale and Top Gun Maverick, people expected to do well, but... Everyone expected everything to just clean house. Yeah, which it, it pretty much did. Right. It, it, the top of the line ones that won all of them, basically, I think. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Everything ever all once. Insanely awarded film. Uh, next thing I want to shout out was, we officially know now that Ridley Scott's Napoleon has to be coming out very soon, has been officially rated R- and the rumor is that it might premiere at the Keynes Film Festival. This is I'm I'm very I'm going to be very curious when we get closer about this film because because Ridley Scott I think is someone who could tell these kind of stories because he he kind of dips into history. I think Joaquin Phoenix being Napoleon. I don't know if I have a better choice. I don't think I would have like on paper. Would you have thought of him and picked him as your choice for Napoleon Bonaparte? Uh, no, because Joaquin Phoenix is, like, six feet tall. That's okay. And, like, Napoleon, the true thing in history, actually, he wasn't that short, but he was still, like, five six, five seven. Like, he wasn't, like, four foot two, but he wasn't a giant. Yeah, by all accounts, he was five seven to five eight. Right, like, the, 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 he could short is actually, like, a British joke they did to just piss him off. But, like, he wasn't, like, a giant by any stretch. Right. But, like, even as an actor, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a interesting choice, and I'm just generally curious kind of, like, why like, kind of what we're going to get out of him, and, like, what Ridley Scott kind of saw in that. 
But I mean, he also, saw one of the greatest actors that's performing right now. So fair. That's fair. Also, I want to point out that Ridley Scott's next film after this is Gladiator Two, which is the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, they are doing it. <laughs> they are doing it. So, yeah, just that. Uh, next news story. There's some Disney news going on, and I want to I want to kind of focus on it. Um, so. Bob Iger, as we've talked about, is is back as Disney CEO. He's been back now for a few months. Uh, so what I think is interesting is immediately he has now come in and he is slashing. He said budgets on film, on TV. He is canceling projects left and right to kind of rein in Disney's costs. And he said he's going to focus more on the quality output than the actual output. Uh, the big thing kind of with that, AJ you knows two stories down, is like, he has canned some Star Wars projects, including the Patty Jenkins Star Wars. There was some rumbling going on that a bunch of that Star Wars stuff got canned, including some TV shows we know. Sounds like he's bringing in some Marvel costs. Do you think that, that Iger, A, to begin with, is the right person to be leading Disney ship to this? And then B, do you, do you agree with that decision, kind of him kind of reining it in and focusing more kind of where we used to get, like, a Pixar film a year and, like, one to two Marvel products here versus, like, eight, kind of, do you kind of agree with these steps he's kind of taking? I mean, the problem, right, is Disney now owns so much. Right. That they own so much of the yearly box office. So if you want your projects to hit and feel special, you need to have fewer projects throughout the year. They just release too much stuff during the year for it to feel special. Right, because especially, like, they have these sub-brands. I think it's a valid thing to say, right, is that, like, Disney has always kind of treated each sub-brand, even though they're all Disney, a little bit different. But, like, I think it's fair to say, like, they should basically look at each brand and be like, Pixar, your job is one animated project a year. Uh, Disney Animation Years is one a year. Marvel Years is, like, two years. Like, kind of, like, set this. But the point is, like, still give them tighter numbers. But the, even if you do that, then you end up with, what, 10 giant Disney projects a year versus what we probably got last year of 50? Yeah, it just felt like, you know, if if Top Gun Maverick saved the box office, Disney is ready to implode that bitch. Right. Like, I think we really got, like, what, three Pixar films last year? So we got, like, like even stuff like that on the animation side. We were like, that's not sustainable. This isn't, like, oh, no, the yeah. where Disney's the only animation town and house. There's, like, eight viable animation studios out there all fighting. This isn't, like, the old days where Disney, like, we're Pixar. We own the box office. Yeah, it's... I do like that Iger is raining stuff in. I feel like there's even more to rein in. And that's, and that's probably invalid. I at least think of, like... Because we were talking that I think Iger is, in modern times, one of... We, we argue on the Izzy, but he's one of the most important entertainment CEOs in, like, modern... In modern, like, Hollywood and stuff. And I think he has, a lot of times, I think... I think of what we've seen of, of Hollywood leadership, I think if anyone can write that ship, I think he might be the only person we've seen who can. Yeah. But I also think there's a fair thing to say is, he's part of the reason we're here. That's true. So, 
I think I'd be very, very curious. But like even like when he came back of CEO, like whatever that was five, six months ago. Remember the first thing he did was like he he like fixed like his first focus was like make the Disney parks not suck. Like like I think he sees problems, even if he helped to cause them. So I'm at least hopeful that he's kind of starting to kind of think about this stuff. And well, then like maybe wonder, he's in the bigger vision. I wonder if it took that whatever time it was off for him to really see where Disney was. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, this is all my fault. I need and to like, fix this. And then to be fair, there is something to be said of it's partially his fault. And maybe he is the right person to fix it. Cause maybe he could see kind of where his vision went wrong. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like also Disney besides like, one or two CEOs has, has been a company of rough histories too, which is always interesting. Because we think of Disney as this like magic thing, and it's like, think about it. Bob Tropic was forced out to bring Iger back. Before Iger, he helped to force out my, like Michael Eisner. Like, like it's this like who who then before that forced out Dis like the Disney nephew. Like it's kind of like this company that has never been good at succession plans. Yeah, it feels like it's it's a brand that has succeeded despite all of its attempted failure. Mm-hmm. No, we will see, and and obviously we'll keep a close eye on Disney because if anything happens to Disney, I think Hollywood's fucked. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Speaking though, as as eras coming to an end. Uh, this is a report by the Hollywood Reporter from March 14th. We finally know what is Quentin Tarantino's final film. Uh, it is currently titled The Movie Critic. And it, this is supposed to be about... Uh, the rumors is it's supposed to be about Pauline Kael, who was a film critic in the 70s. She was a famous in the 70s. If you don't know, uh, there's the infamous quote... When, when Richard Nixon won re-election in 72, and she's the one that's always been kind of tied to, and it's the truth of it's a little foggy, of, like, how did Nixon win? I don't know who voted for him when he won 49 states. Uh, that's who this is about. Uh, but, yeah, this is supposed to be Quentin Tarantino's retirement film. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, kind of, of the subject matter he's hitting. My initial gut on this is I think it's, a little disappointing because he touched Hollywood obviously in his last film, but but it does seem like a very Tarantino weird topic to kind of hit. Oh, Tarantino wants to go out making a film that is so masturbatory to the critics. <laughs> right? This film is going to get tens even if it's probably a six or a seven. Mm-hmm. Because it is going to highlight the glamour of being a movie. It's going to do that, and then, and then like, yeah, he's going to, like, wink and nod to, like, the big film critics still around. Like, like I wouldn't be... Sh- so I'm going to put a uh, thing out there. I will bet you money in some capacity, it, somehow on the tail end of this film when you cut through the decades... That Cisco and Ebert are going to be mentioned in this film because, of course, they are. Oh, I'll go a step above. You think Ebert, be? There's going to be an Ebert stand-in in this movie. <laughs> like, like, it's going to be like the tail end of her career, and she meets like a, a new reporter or some shit. 
Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it's going to go. We may not see his face, but we'll hear his voice. Yeah, it is It is a supposedly... Which he did say, what was his magic number? Ten films, and this would check out? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, like, this does check out with what he's been saying. So, also, I gotta ask the final question before we move on. How many different feet shots are we gonna have in this film? All the feet shots. <laughs> it's gonna be just feet, right? It's gonna be the entire film. Yeah. I mean, this uh, film's gonna be masturbatory on several levels. He's gonna need his own little suite, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, next news story I wanted to, to bring up, kind of, obviously last month we talked about Creed 3. We both at least decently liked it. Um, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan will be now spearheading what Amazon is calling the Creedverse. Uh, so people don't know, obviously Creed 3 did smashing at the box office. Uh, here are the current projects that we know are, or are rumored to be in development in the Creedverse. We have a Creed 4 that has been confirmed. We have the rumblings, which I think are still kind of rumblings, of that Drago series. And Amazon has also confirmed that there will be an Amara series. Which makes sense, right? Like, they, they clearly set up. So, the, um, hear me out. The Amara one, I am the least offended by the three. I do hope, though, that the Drago film covers maybe some of Victor's uh, youth. Because in 2, it just jumps straight to Victor Drago is just knocking dudes out. Mm -hmm. So... But the big thing that I think that kind of irks me on this is, like, I, the Amara thing to me, right, is like, so we went from Rocky to Creed to discuss the next generation, right? To me, that would be going from Creed to Amara. Why do we also need Creed to keep happening then? Like, Rocky didn't keep happening when Creed started. I mean, the Amara thing is a potential. So... I could see of of the potential projects that they list, I can fully see the Rocky anime being greenlit and going. Mm-hmm. And the Amara series potentially taking longer if not not happening at all. Mm-hmm. And I fully expect the Drago movie to happen. I expect the Drago movie to happen. 100%. So, you know, we'll have Creed 4, Drago, the anime, and then potentially the Amara thing. And uh, we will see. Uh, Next thing I got shouted here. Uh, WWE is currently working with state gambling boards and regulators to let people legally bet on WWE matches. 
Oh, boy. AJ, I, I don't... So, the reason sports betting works, right, is because basically sports players, by law, because that can't throw a game and, 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 like, basically they get in big trouble. How do you do that for a scripted thing? Well, here's the interesting thing, right? Like, <coughs> in the story, it straight up says, creative don't plan to inform wrestlers who will, who will win until hours before a match. Mm-hmm. How are they supposed to plan a match if they don't know who's going to win? See, so that's a big problem, right? I'm also thinking of, if you think about this, right, of that, like, until hours. Hours, unless you're closing betting, like, the day of. Like, that's so hard. And then here comes the other problem is, imagine, because, like, in wrestling, stuff happens all the time, where, like, something gets changed last minute, like, someone gets injured or whatever. How do you handle those circumstances? Have we changed who won in the middle of the match because someone got injured? Yeah, that would be interesting, like a, a mid-match injury. Because, like, that happens all the time in wrestling, is that you change the winner because in a match he can't finish it. And we're like, just make it in character, end it. Or or the stuff like when DQs happen or any of the, the wrestling shenanigans. Like, this is not a simple beast to just be like, there's a winner and a loser. Yeah, but I don't know. Hey, let's be honest, though. You'll get to experience the rest of any state's going to let it. It's going to be Michigan. Well, they say they're targeting Michigan, Colorado, and Indiana. Those are the states I, I thought I've always had sports. Because Michigan's infamously, like, betting's kind of the easiest to get through. Well, also, I mean, they were the... They weren't the first. But they, but they were, were the first. Of, they were one of the first states that legalized right. uh, sports betting as soon as they could. So, yeah, I mean, we got we got a lot of casinos. Yes, you do. Yes, uh, you do. Uh, next story, I want to shout out the sad news that I kind of put here. Obviously, we at least have to mention that, that TMZ is reporting The Wire, and as we know, the John Wick star Lance Reddick did die uh, kind of about 10 days ago from when we were recording this. He was died at the age of 60. Which, which I think we all would agree was surprisingly young, and I think that was news none of us expected, kind of here. It's both older and younger than I thought he was. <laughs> That's fair, because he's been, like, acting forever. Yeah. Like, like if you really think about, like, like stuff he, like, he got famous for, like, Oz and The Wires. Like, stuff that, like, a while ago for this stuff. Yeah, I, w- I would have fully accepted 65 to 75. Yeah. As, oh yeah, that's how old Lance Reddick is. And then I heard 60, and I was like, really? But then when you look at him, you go, he was 60? Yeah. Dude doesn't look a day over 35. Damn right. Uh, speaking of things that don't look a day over 35, Mr. Cookie Monster. I wanted to shout out this story because it's got, that's the world we live in, folks. Uh, Sesame Street 
has officially announced they'll be launching their first NFTs <laughs> starting with Cookie Monster. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't know companies were still launching NFTs until I read this story. Dude, at this point, the NFTs are just happening because all those plans were already in place. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to... <coughs> everyone's just like, oh yeah, we're launching our NFT. Meanwhile, like, the NFT market has had the bottom drop out five times. I want to know who in the year 2023 was like, you know, we're doing, we'll launch NFTs. I'm sorry, Square Enix, I guess that's you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then there's VCon in Indianapolis, where the only way that you can get in is to have an NFT. Damn, I should have put us in for press badges for that. Guess who's running that shit show? Who? Gary Vanderchuk. <laughs> Let's see, VCon. When is VCon? I want you to it's oh my god it's dynamic pricing the fuck yeah yeah it's like it's in lucas oil stadium it's like well yeah because it's got like andrew schultz is doing a set and there's a bunch of musical acts so so we want to go it's it's v-e-e con.co when you have, <coughs> when you have to have like a five-step process of how to buy tickets. Oh, have you? Did you finally reach the point where it's like, here's how you get a ticket? Okay, so so I'm on the tickets website. So there's a formula people aware that that if you want to buy a ticket, you could go to the. They would help you with a VCon concierge. But if you want to buy a ticket from your own, that's fine. It's only a three-step process. First, you create a digital wallet, which. Holy fuck. Next, you purchase Ethereum, and then you buy from secondary. I understand these markets, and I don't know what that word means. So I clicked on how to buy a ticket then, which takes me to a Medium post. That is a seven-minute read. The best part is, it's like, oh yeah, you have to buy it off the second-hand market. Right, and you have to go through MetaMask. Holy shit. Like, they don't even have first market tickets. It's, oh, you have to buy these second hand. They have to explain to you how to set up for Coinbase even so you can get money into your wallet. You then have to send your crypto from Coinbase to MetaMask. And then buying it on OpenSea. And people wonder why crypto fails. Like, I think there are actually some usefulness utility in some crypto stuff. This is not one of them, I want to point out. Whenever I defend this, this is not one of them. This is... These examples are the examples where I love to harp on no one understands crypto, even if they say they do, right? What the fuck? So a ticket is currently... So its floor price is point. 131 Ethereum, which means our current ticket on the second hand market is $1,700. For the cheapest ticket available. 
I'm sorry, but if you think you're going to get $1,700 <coughs> worth of value by going to VCon, I don't even know if it's a physical... Like, I know they ha- they're obviously at Lucas Oil. I don't know if it's a physical thing, though. It, I think it... Okay, so I'm on the press page, by the way. You can't even submit a press thing without... So here, you, they need the following things from us. You need an, an Instagram, a Twitter, a URL, and LinkedIn. We have all of those. <laughs> God, I, this is the most painful thing I've maybe ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a disaster. If that wasn't the weekend before Memorial Day, I'd be like, what are we doing? (laughs) My answer to that would be sitting on the beach. (laughs) You're like, not that. The final film story I want to shout out is we officially know a lot more and we have a trailer for the Turtles movie coming out later this year. Uh, I think, first thing I want to shout out, if people would check out the, the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, it very much is the same style uh, that the Spider-Verse ones were in, and I think that's pretty cool. I also want to shout out that I appreciate how Seth Rogen's credit in the front, like in the beginning, with like, from Seth Rogen, is from permanent teenager Seth Rogen. Uh, big stuff I want to show, which I think is the best casting of all time, also is, is that Jackie Chan is Splinter. <laughs> film. I don't know if it would be good, but I, I think I think this very much feels like, especially after the Michael Bay stuff, Seth Rogen, I somehow think, understands what Ninja Turtles needs to be to be fun, and I'm at least hopeful. Is anything about this kind of tickle your fancy, AJ? I don't give a damn about this project. <laughs> I figured as much, but but I did want to shout out because I also think I remember when it got announced that Seth Rogen was doing this. Like everyone was kind of like, if anyone could do it, like it is the crazy mind of Seth Rogen. I do agree with that. I will say, that. like like if anyone could, like Michael Bay, we proved couldn't do it. Right, the second one, I think he understood more, but he still like it's not. With this one, is like Seth Rogen. Let's be honest. If, if we, every morning I said to you, he ripped a bong and just watched Ninja Turtles, we believe that sentence. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Only because he would be so high, he just turned the TV on, <coughs> and that's what was on. Right, yeah, yeah. and he just would get out and change the channel. Yeah. So, we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, I'll go see it when it comes out, but it comes out later this year. Jumping into game news. We still have not been confirmed on this first story, even though it's been out for a few, but it seems like multiple people have now confirmed it. So we're, we're going to keep the asterisks of as a recording. It's still rumors, but uh, the Su- Suicide Squad, which is the a game by Rocksteady, is apparently... So it's supposed to come out in May, but according to Jason Schreier, that, that Warner is talking about just infinitely just delaying it into next year to fix the game... Which is wild, considering that game, if they get delayed, 
would be going gold probably around the time this episode goes up. To put this in perspective, like this would be, we talked about the like basketball games being like canceled last minute. This would be that level of a delay. I don't know if yeah. you really thought about like how like cause I genuinely think that is if this goes through and that happens, I think that's why it's the, it's the closest delay to launch probably in modern time. Also, it's funny. So I went to the uh, the tweet. Mm-hmm. Literally below the replies, the first three replies, which two of them are Schreier to himself, right? Is Tyler the Creator in all caps (coughs) saying, Call Me If You Get Lost was the first album I made with a lot of songs that didn't make the final cut. Some of those songs I really love and knew they would never see the light of day, so I've decided to put a few of them out. (laughs) Is this how I learned that Tyler just released new music? (laughs) Elon Musk... Runs a, a tight business, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's so tight that it lost half its value. <laughs> hey, hey, it's like I already said, you're tightening your belt. You lost a few pounds, okay? It's same thing. Same yeah. thing. See, it's same logic. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, next, our, I wanted to shout out. Uh, Respawn has opened a third studio. Because they plan to keep Apex Legends going for 10 to 15 more years. But I want to shout out where the studio is. Shout out to Madison, Wisconsin. Which we don't know, obviously. It's the capital of state of Wisconsin. Over the last couple of years has been getting a lot of like AAA and offsuit studios. Which obviously the Midwest had lacking in this. So I want to shout out that another studio has now been heading towards the Midwest. Uh, and they will be opening a respawn, like a third location for respawn, in the middle of Madison. Uh, which, which... The other big team there, we don't know, it was Lost Boy Games is out of Madison, who who got bought by who were who were the lead developers on Tiny Tina's Wonderland last year or two years ago or last year last year, and then it was eventually bought by Gearbox. So I think I think it's exciting that there's more kind of teams popping up throughout the Midwest. I don't know, AJ, if you have any thoughts about about what is starting to become the revival of the Midwestern game scene. I think it's cool because. You know, it's it's one of those things where this this part of the U.S. has is very underrepresented in the modern tech world. Mm-hmm. And Madison's one of those cities I think has definitely tried to fight to get a little more of a boom going. Yeah. So also- yeah, like I said, it's cool to see. Also, I appreciate that they are opening studios in actually affordable cities. Yeah. Because, for you don't know, you could go 15 minutes outside Madison and buy homes for, like, under 200k. Like, this is, like, when people talk about, like, game places only being expensive cities, this is the type of city you want game studios to start popping up in. Definitely, yeah. So, I think it's great, um, and I look forward to kind of see what's coming up in that area. Uh, next story, it finally happened, <coughs> AJ, Starfield officially has a release date. Microsoft and Bethesda claim the game will be coming out on September 6th. I asked the initial question, 
Do we think that happens? No, it gets pushed at least two weeks. So that's what I was thinking. I think them saying September 6th to me, it will come out this year. I would not be shocked if it turns into an October or November game. Oh, yeah, it comes out this year. Because I don't think they put a date on it if it didn't. Right. Also, uh, as we're recording this, this photo broke, and it's not super important that you see it. Uh, mm-hmm. For those that don't know, Jamal Hill is the world light heavyweight champion in the UFC. Mm-hmm. From Grand Rapids, Michigan, believe it or not. The belt is back, baby. <laughs> the UFC belt is in Grand Rapids. And it's a photo of him standing in front of the billboard. Which, I will say this. If this is how we get a UFC event in Michigan... <laughs> you're all for it. You're going to see my ass in whatever arena it is. <laughs> I'm not even a huge fan of the UFC. I will go to that event. I like it. Dana White, book it. Dana White, you heard him. Uh, next story. This happened today as we're recording. So people who don't know, E3 is supposed to come back this year. The story of GDC last week that, that was kind of more off the record, but people are talking about today is, anyone you ask the words are, are you going to E3? They corrected everyone's answer was, I don't know if it's happening. And now we partially know why. The only confirmed publisher of the big publishers at E3 was Ubisoft, effective until five hours ago. Ubisoft announced they will be pulling out of the reboot of E3. And there is, yeah, exactly, zero confirmed publishers currently scheduled for E3, which is, I think, 11 weeks out. So this just totally confirms those reports that, uh, is it Red Bubble, Red Bubble that bought it? No, it's Repop. Or sorry, yeah, Repop. Repop, Repop has the brand. Yes. Yeah, the this totally confirms the reports that Repop is just so far behind the ball. Right now, right? <coughs> yeah, because like Ubisoft, I don't even remember this. They go anywhere. Ubisoft does not care. <laughs> Like, Ubisoft, in the way they'll support any emerging technology, they'll go to any show. But like, when you lose Ubisoft, and you already lost everyone else, that's bad. Yeah. And, it, and my bad. money is that you might get something called E3 this year. Like, I don't know what they're going to do to, like, make it matter, but this will be it. They will, there will be nothing called E3 next year unless it's just a brand for a season of 50 award shows. But there's not going to be an E3 in quotes ever again. Would be my guess. You think I'm wrong? I think the brand... <clears throat> excuse me. I think the brand exists. <clears throat> throughout uh, the next few years. Solely as a, hey, this is an E3, yeah, whatever. I think it exists in the same way last year we were talking about Jeff Keighley Summer of Games. Oh, I think it's even less than that. 
Because, like, that was at least some level of people know who that is. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a brand at this point, right? Like, there's no more event. It's just E3 the brand. Which, which I would put out, there is something sad, I think, to it of, like, that was the thing growing up that people pointed to, of, like, when everything was announced and at exciting times. But, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think we have left that time. Well, yeah, when you figure it's, it's like seven or eight million dollars to have a show at E3. When those publishers can do it themselves for half that, they're going to do that. You yeah. Know, there's, there's no reason that Sony would ever come back to E3. Because it's just way too much money. Yeah. 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 Uh, next story, I want to shout out towards the tail end of this. Uh, this, I swear to God, AJ, I didn't just try to find turtle stories. It just happened this month. Uh, sure. It has been. All these stories are real stories. Um... So we don't know, last year Turtles had a comic called, called The Last Ronin, which is kind of like about like a post-apocalyptic turtle comic. Uh, apparently it is going to become a triple-A game, is the rumor? Uh, more akin to like a God of War. Which, which, I think, I think it'll be very interesting, and I think I'll be, I'll be intrigued kind of how they handle it. Um, but, I, I, I hope you will. I saw that story and I thought it was one of those fake stories floating around. Because, like, because turtles aren't the, like, I'm not dumb. They're going to get, like, how we got last year's Shredder's Revenge. You don't get, like, triple A, like, Ninja Turtle games. I want to know, like, whose hand was shook to, to, like, make this happen? Because. Oh, palms were greased. (laughs) Uh, You know, backs were pat, dicks were stroked. Because on the low end, this is a $50 million game. Yeah, probably. Because I go just be realistic of, like, what's a low AAA budget. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it kind of depends, right? If how many of those assets from Last Ronin are they just going to use? Because that no, could cut down a lot of costs. Last Ronin is a comic book, though. Right, but... If this game's going to be 2D, potentially? Sure, I guess we don't know. We actually don't know if it's going to be a 2D or a 3D game. When they so, said the words God of War, though, I was assuming 3D. Yeah, but maybe that's just an example of the scale mm-hmm. um, of the game, and not necessarily, oh, it's going to be a third-person action-adventure. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And I, I'm assuming we'll know more probably at some point this June, whoever publishes it. Like, because all the publishers are doing something in June. So I bet you will kind of know more in the next few months. But uh, last story, I think it's kind of like last month where I'm enjoying finding these threads of game developers just roasting on the games media because they can do it better than I think even we can. Um... So there was this thread that I linked to that AJ can see too uh, about PC Gamer did the story about what if City Skylands was made in Unreal Engine 5. And I like how it's just developers roasting in the comments of 
we need, I think there should be a rule, and I agree with this rule, that, that if any games journalist is going to talk about what would happen if, if you just switch game engines mid-development, they just need to, like, spend ten minutes in a game engine and try to do that. Because you don't just switch engine and Mystic Gear game looks ten times better. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> and I think it's funny to me that we're still kind of at this point with games journalism where it seems like, like they really don't know how any of this works. You know why I always loved the journalism of uh, old GameSpot, early Giant Bomb? Why? Because they didn't do this shit. Like, like they knew they didn't know shit. They knew people that knew this stuff. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you should, like, if you're a, a publication and you want to develop a commodity and do stuff, yeah, go ahead. Or, like, there are times you could say something and you had some back end. But it's obvious when I read something and you don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. Like, if I read one more news story ever again about a game is coming out this time because the voice actor said. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to lose it. Do you know what I remember with Kingdom Hearts 3 where every year the goofy actor was like, it's coming out this year. And everyone's like, Keen must know. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rule of thumb. I think we're ready to burn it down. On favor? Aye. Aye. Perfect. Okay. To wrap us up, let's talk about the stuff coming out soon. Uh, Dead Island 2 will be out April 21st, finally. Jedi Survivor, I'm assuming a game AJ Super looking forward to, April 28th. Damn sure. Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, May 12th. Suicide Squad, as of now, May 26th. I'm keeping the asterisks on it. We'll find out. Uh, the System Shock remake comes out May 30th, which I'm looking forward to. Street Fighter VI comes out June 2nd. The Game of the Summer, Diablo 4, will come out June 6th. Final Fantasy XVI will come out June 22nd. I forgot to push it up. Um, Redfall actually comes out May 2nd. So actually, that's a lot sooner than some of these. Apologize about that. Skull and Bones, we still don't have a date on. But Starfield, we do. Which is September 6th. Uh... For me, it's it's System Shock and Diablo. I'm assuming on this list for you, AJ, it is Jedi Survivor. Yeah, I might dabble in Street Fighter Six. That's 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 that. You thought you dabbled in fighting games? I dabble in the Street Fighter and the Tekkens. I don't dabble in the other ones. See, Mortal Kombat is more the one I would dabble in, but I just have not had a great time with MK games. I think I have a great time with Injustice, which makes me have a good enough time with Mortal Kombat because I don't control that differently. Yeah, I can so. see that. So if you learn one, I think the other one, at least it's not the end of the world. It's kind of like Street Fighter and Tekken. I know they're not the same, but like they're probably pretty, they're pretty close. Yeah, I mean, from, from what I can tell, right, like if I can grasp Street Fighter, Tekken is just a 3D Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. So now it's being able to use space. Which is nice. Cool. Uh, and then finally, 
We got Decide Movie Club. I looked at what's coming out in April, AJ. There is really two options that I think would make any sense for Movie Club. The first would obviously be the Super Mario Brothers movie. Or we have Renfield, which is that Nicolas Cage vampire movie. Do you have any argument why it shouldn't be Mario? I mean, I have several people that work that are really interested in this Renfield movie. Okay. And I would vote for that for them. That being said, I really don't care what wins this month. Because <laughs> I think... So I am morbidly curious about Mario to the point where I, and I think it's going to matter. I can see that, yeah. I also think it's interesting, though, that Renfield is Chris McKay. It's not that interesting. Fair, but, like, God, that's a... He has a career. Yes. So, are we going with Mario? Fuck it, we'll go with Mario. So that's it, everyone. Movie club for the nuns. It is a me, Mario. So remember to go to your local cineplexes and watch the Super Mario Brothers movie coming out on April 5th. God, let's just hope that movie's good. It's not going to be. And you it has know to be it. better than. <laughs> it's got to be better than the first one. Like, you can't convince yeah. me it won't be. I like, I think it. it's impossible. Yeah, I think it'll be better. So. Alright, well, that would do it for us this month for the SWW show. AJ, what you finished a long drink? What, oh, I what, finished what it a it? while ago. I don't know if you opened the second one. I, don't know. I didn't hear it though. What, no, what, what do you I'm, got? All, what do you I'm actually all out of long drinks now. I have to go buy some more. <gasps> that's and that's it, folks. Next week, go go tune in with AJ. He'll put on one of those head cams and will take us to a Michigan liquor store. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> We'll do an IRL stream or go into a mire and buy some booze. <coughs> you know there are people in this country being like, you can walk in a grocery store? Maybe. I'll see all you next time. Goodbye, everyone. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey. By sometimes by contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.